This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The Liturgical Scripture Readings for the Third Sunday in Ordinary Time A reading from the book of Nehemiah Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which consisted of men, women, and those children old enough to understand. Standing at one end of the open place that was before the water gate, he read out of the book from daybreak until midday, in the presence of the men, the women, and those children old enough to understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Ezra the scribe stood on a wooden platform that had been made for the occasion. He opened the scroll so that all the people might see it, for he was standing higher up than any of the people. And as he opened it, all the people rose. Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people, their hands raised high, answered, Amen, Amen. Then they bowed down and prostrated themselves before the Lord, their faces to the ground. Ezra read plainly from the book of the law of God, interpreting it so that all could understand what was read. Then Nehemiah, that is, his excellency, and Ezra, the priest scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people, said to all the people, Today is holy to the Lord your God. Do not be sad and do not weep, for all the people were weeping as they heard the words of the law. He said further, Go, eat rich foods and drink sweet drinks, and allot portions to those who had nothing prepared. For today is holy to the Lord. Do not be saddened this day, for rejoicing in the Lord must be your strength. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eye. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinance of the Lord are true, all of them just. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. Let the words of my mouth and the thought of my heart find favor before you. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, as a body is one, though it has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so also Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free persons, and we were all given to drink of one spirit. Now the body is not a single part, but many. If a foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it does not for this reason belong any less to the body. Or if an ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, It does not for this reason belong any less to the body. 
If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God placed the parts, each one of them, in the body as he intended. If they were all one part, where would the body be? But as it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you, nor again the head to the feet, I do not need you. Indeed, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are all the more necessary. And those parts of the body that we consider less honorable, we surround with greater honor. And our less presentable parts are treated with greater propriety. Whereas our more presentable parts do not need this. But God so constructed the body as to give greater honor to a part that is without it. So that there may be no division in the body, but that the parts may have the same concern for one another. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts share its joy. Now you are Christ's body and individually parts of it. Some people God has designated in the church to be first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then mighty deeds, then gifts of healing, assistance, administration, and variety of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work mighty deeds? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Since many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as those who were eyewitnesses from the beginning and ministers of the Word have handed them down to us, I, too, have decided, after investigating everything accurately, anew, to write it down in orderly sequence for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may realize the certainty of the teachings you have received. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news of him spread throughout the whole region. He taught in their synagogues and was praised by all. He came to Nazareth, where he had grown up, and went according to his custom into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. He stood up to read and was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the passage where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Rolling up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue looked intently at him. He said to them, Today this scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Carla, we are celebrating the third Sunday in Ordinary Time, and I want to begin our commentary today to remind and let people know that January 29th, that's a Saturday, uh, we are having our pro-life rally here in Oregon. Uh, It's sponsored by the Oregon Right to Life. It will be the 29th of January in Salem, starting at 2.15 p.m. So make sure that uh, we can go and and uh, really go ahead and make our presence felt down there to really show how important it is to be pro-life as a society. So 29th, uh, you can go to the Oregon Right to Life uh, website for more information. 
And as we get into our readings, this is actually the only Sunday in a three-year cycle that we hear from Nehemiah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So the question is, who was Ezra and who was Nehemiah? Uh, These two books originally were one book in the Hebrew Bible in the Septuagint, but now they're two books. And the period covers uh, from about 538 BC, uh, from the return of the exile down to about 410 BC. And the theme of the two books is the restoration of the Jewish religion based on the law of Moses and the worship of Yahweh and the temple in Jerusalem. So Ezra was a priest-scribe. He was sent there to help restore the Jewish religion and practice. And Nehemiah was was a nobleman, and he was there to organize Judea politically. So a little bit of history there, coming back and, and uh, wanting to restore the worship of the temple at Jerusalem. And rebuilding, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, so like you said, the, the, the reading begins with Ezra the scribe standing before the Israelites, reading the scrolls of the law of Moses. The Israelites had recently returned home from their Babylonian exile, and most of them had been born and raised in captivity of that pagan nation, and they didn't know the law. So when Ezra assembled the people and began teaching them the law of God, he also reminded them that the reason they were taken into captivity in the first place was because they turned away from God and adopted pagan practices. And you know, Kevin, that's a warning that we need to pay attention to. We live in a world in which non-believers outnumber believers, and that's a frightening reality because denial of the existence of God is a direct offense against nature because it's a denial of who we are as human beings. And those of us who consider ourselves believers, we should scrutinize our lifestyles and daily habits and in this self-examination decide whether or not our lifestyles truly reflect what we profess to believe and if not, what needs to change. Yeah, very true. And in terms of what we profess and what we believe, I think it is, that's a reason why it's so important for we as faithful Catholics to have the Mass be the central part of our lives, how important that is. And here I see um, in this book of, of Nehemiah today, how many Mass references do we have? We see reading and lecturing. We see people rising and listening. We see their responses. We see bowing and contrition. There's interpretation. There's a meal. There's a sending forth. This sets such a beautiful structure for how we celebrate the Mass today. And and as far as I can tell, this is the first recorded instance of communal worship in the Bible. That imagery does. It, it, yeah. You see so much that reflected in our mass today. Yes, yeah. that's exactly right. <laughs> and and here it says to the end, you know, do not be sad, do not weep, for all the people were weeping as they heard the words of the law. And, you know, it's possible that maybe they realized what their sins were, <laughs> but very, very possibly, and probably more likely, whenever you see or hear or experience something so beautiful that it brings tears to your eyes, you know that that is the intercession of the Holy Spirit. You're hearing truth. Um, you're realizing the beauty of what is being said. And that is, I think, so central to this reading today. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah. In the second reading, this is a, um, a follow-on actually from our previous uh, week's reading, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Oh, yeah. And you did a beautiful job reading that. <laughs> that was a long that reading. was a long reading. <laughs> So St. Paul, he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and he says that seemingly insignificant parts, the parts that are weaker and less presentable, must be shielded and protected by the collective body because every part is vitally important to the health of the whole body. He says, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, 
all the parts share its joy. Yeah, and that's something that's easy for me to forget sometimes because, you know, oftentimes, you know, I don't pay attention to my big toe or my pinky finger because who needs those? You know what I mean? But you never think you need them until you hurt them. <laughs> so so every body part is valuable, like you're saying. You know, each, and, and if you think about in terms of the church, every person has a diff, different gift, a different role or a different function to build that body of Christ, to build the church. We need each other, don't we? And you know, we can see that by Christ creating one church, Ephesians 4, 5. There is one faith, one hope, and one baptism. And I think it's it's very important to really think about it in this way. If we have one church that tries to go and positively affect our one society, society can be measured by how we treat the weakest members of our society. How are we treating those who have yet been born? That's why it's so important to go to that pro-life rally. How do we treat our elders at the end of their life? how important it is to be that measuring stick for how how strong or weak our society is at that time. Exactly, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and finish today with the gospel. Uh, We hear from actually two different chapters, a part of Luke 1 and a part of Luke chapter 4. Yeah, so Luke is giving us an account of when Jesus taught in the synagogue, and he tells us that Jesus had actually become kind of a, a local celebrity, and he was admired and respected. But if we read on beyond where this this uh, reading ends with verse 28, if we keep 21, if we keep going on to verse 28, <clears throat> we will find how quickly these same admirers became enraged at Jesus' teachings, and they turned on him. And this is a good lesson for us. So when we are admired and praised for our accomplishments, we should remember that just as quickly as that adm- admiration was formed, it can just as quickly become caustic because most of the time, let's face it, it's just flattery. And in general, people are fickle and true friends are precious and rare. True friends will be honest with us about the good and the bad. They're going to help us see ourselves as we truly are. So rather than waste our time and our effort trying to please everyone, we're really just better off trying to focus our efforts on how we can become pleasing to God. Exactly. And we want to become pleasing to God because Christ came for all of us to liberate all of us from sin. The poor will know the good news. The captives will be rescued. The blind will see and the oppressed will be freed. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.